Welcome everybody, welcome back to my channel. This is Zetu Zwane and we are doing another episode on Black Couture's health and wellness lifestyle. Affirmations are a false religious practice. And just to recap with um, part three. So, apologies, I have to state clearly, I did mix part two, I did mix part three and four together and just because they kind of align, it's very dense and very nuanced. So if you want to unpack those two conversations separately, please do go follow up on reading those blog posts. I have linked them already in the previous episode on part three. Affirmations are a false religious practice. So just to sum up and maybe just clarify it for you, Part three focuses on memorable, memorable messages on my blog. So memorable messages are a communications thing, just in case you're not familiar. And it's about how ideas, thoughts, images, symbols, communication, you know, shape our identities, words and identities, us versus them. I got to learn about it in terms of in-group member. Let's say I'm a Swazi, obviously, and then an out-group member who's a foreigner. You know, so how do we re relate to each other? How do symbols, images, words, uh, ideas make us relate or depart us, like make us uh, fight? So that was that area. I wanted to then focus on false religious practices, how can memorable messages, the repeated words, ideas, frameworkings lead us into a life of idolizing? So that life of idolizing, um, I spoke about, you know, maybe you want to be a pure person, but your friends are very sexual. They make all these sexual references. And so it's going to make it very hard for you um, to stay in a space of purity if you're surrounded by, you know, lustful words. Or if you want to live your life rightfully for Christ, let's say you find yourself, um, your posture of your heart, let's say, like I said in part one, and you realize that it's not really fully ready uh, to receive maybe financial provision, let's say from Christ that you're seeking. Um, one of the ways that you could see that um, the delays is like the people around you, your influence of the people around you have like this mindset of just live large. And so you not knowing that because of those memorable messages, you might not be able to have the financial capacity, financial wisdom to, you know, live in the rightful means. And so that is true. One of the examples maybe that you could use on an everyday basis is people how, you know, on the fifth of the month, you know, there's no money anymore. But sometimes when you look very distinctively into people's lives, it's because they went to drink the money, they went to, you know, smoke the money, they went to eat the money all away. And then it's just like get back to square one, as opposed to now praying for, okay, help me to, um, how can I expand this money and stretch this uh, money that I, ha I have? So that kind of takes on a different kind of mindset. Um, those individuals, then they still talk about, you know, there's, there's no money out there. There's no money out there. So one of those ways is like, how can the people around you lead you into an idolizing life? And then how does that also influence your posture when you're praying? And so that one was just unpacking. It wasn't really going into false religious practices. It was definitely going more into, you know, we're being bombarded by more memorable messages in our daily lives than as opposed to Christ. Like I said in part one, when um, Christ is something it, five years ago, you know, you're still peeking at him, hoping that uh, what well, I did, you know, when he said, be strong and courageous. 
I'll be still peeking at him, just wondering, okay, are you going to say something new? And then I'm like, you know what, Jesus, you know what? Um, in marketing, right? Every year there's a new slogan. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you could hit me with a new slogan here. Cause we feel like we've been going through this for quite a long time. And yet that is not the Christian life. The Christian life is persevering. The Christian, the Christian life is growing through everything that you, um, it's growing in the situations that you've been, um, let's say God has called you or placed you in for your, for your betterment and for, to exalt him at the end of the day, we just hope that, you know, everyone would see that everything was to glorify God and not to destroy you, but to build you. Um, he has the right to mold each and every one of us. And so in part, maybe unpacking the ways that we face so many pathways to idolizing so many things, how then is it how then the first step for you would be to walk backwards actually um to look at you know all these available parts that you know life offers you to idolize to self-serve to self-please and then in doing so and even if it's innocently like i said you know you wanted to provide for your family which is a great and formidable thing respectable thing to do but then we find ourselves maybe you know that's where we that's the intention that we had but it didn't plan out or pan out the way that we actually thought in our heads because of the idolized the idols and trophies in our lives and then part four it goes into the story of the father with the young man um, the father who lost his son and, you know, spends so much money, like 45, that's roughly around $4,000. Okay. For me to now, uh, convert it for you guys in order to save his son. So those kind of stories, um, we all have that inkling. There's a lot of that aspiration. And I think, you know, we we still have the beauty of the Bible is don't look at specifically, you know, that this was the ancient days as people didn't have Colgate during those times, which I find very uh, intrinsically offensive, just, you know, as a side note for anyone, but, um, <laughs> it's not about that. It's the core issue of the story. I think if you are a leper, I think you have an agree, like an overarching anxiety because you are the filth and the scum of the society you have been discarded completely um you have like this burning skin condition um and you as an outcast where do you go to find assistance so that is also like kind of like an anxiety feeling kind of way what about the man who was next to the pool who um he just stayed by the pool wanting to just go in because, you know, the, the angels early in the morning came to stir in, but he wasn't fast enough because he was crippled and disabled to get in. Sometimes we have crippling and, a, a, and overwhelming anxieties at, because of, you know, provisions that we need in our lives. We're tired of living hand to mouth, for example. And so in those feelings, them overwhelmingly increasing leads us to that same kind of anxiety. Who can lift me out of the situation? And yet, so in those moments, I think what is so crucial for people that don't understand the Bible is that we are given, look, if you can't relate to being disabled relate to the emotion of his feeling the the years somebody spent bleeding um how many years have you spent in a like a mental health uh issue just like anxiety depression uh loneliness um all of those things are very key in the bible and they're all in there so if you just um 
look on the surface level and think, um, I have nothing to do with a leper, you know, <laughs> then you will miss out very core and intrinsic interactions to have where you can actually see that, you know what, while God can move, what is the core intrinsic foundational message that is being spoken in those texts? God can actually move in anybody's life. And God moved in so many people's lives. He, there's no one that is far beyond or far gone for God that God cannot, um, do something in your life. So yeah, that's how I unpacked part four. I unpacked part three and four. I put them together. I just noticed that. So I'm not going to go deeply into part four. I think you guys can go in there and read about it. If you are interested, this is just an interlude just to explain to you guys, um, just a lot of the things that were happening. I went and I was moving in between my personal experiences, things that I've read outside, because I think it is really cool in its interest to um, focus on, you know, what leads people to fall into those traps. And they are debilitating. I think just because that man was physically uh, crippled, let's go back to the individual who was by that water where the angel came to stir it and everybody, you know, came out with miracles and signs and wonders. Okay. You can have a lot of debilitating, um, issues in your life, things that in your own is human strength. You can't, um, you can't do and take, you can't handle them on your own. You can't face them on your own. So you need something beyond yourself. And so, I think those stories and those tales are very key because the biggest ways that, you know, false religious practices lie to people as a spirit of deception, you know, is by, you know, saying that you have to spend that $4,000 that that man is spending, 76000 in You guys can convert it properly and let me know. Okay. I'm a few dollars shorter up, whatever. Okay. But um, spending those dollars, all those dollars just to build something that is meaningful. And yet we have someone... Um, Yes, I'll be mature enough to say it. You know, we have like God spitting on sand and pasting something on a man and letting him see. We have the woman holding onto a string. Some people say it was like, you know, it was a very small string of God and then saying like, um, and then being healed of 20 years. And so, you know, those kind of stories should be telling then what, um, this is why I think, I believe why God focuses on idols so much, you know, it can seem a little bit, uh, on the surface level, if you read it very on the, on the surface, um, you read the first Samuel, second Samuel, first Kings, second Kings, the idea of idolizing, living an idolizing life, um, or, you know, praying to idols. I think it was very important for Christ to really focus on that, you know, the issues with, uh, having idols in your life because I, you know, it metamorphoses into something larger. It has a ripple effect and it just keeps, you know, t it takes over so much of your life. So another part that, um, I, be, I've been seeing as a result of that was that, you know, unforgiveness goes away when you are, you know, consumed, so self-consumed with, um, you know, your situation so self-consumed with these idols, so self-consumed with these ideas and beliefs that are intrinsically not Christ. They're human beliefs, you know, 
And yet in the Bible, it says that God's ways are not our ways. You know, God's uh, thinking is not our thinking. He's far beyond, you know, uh, the way that we think. And then another one says that, you know, um, he will give you more than what you've imagined, exceeding more than what you've imagined, your expectations or ideas. So again, just emphasizing again that God's way, his plane of seeing the world is not the same way as your plane of seeing the world. So um, I just think that is really important for that one. One of the key things that I really love, I'm just going to do two Bible verses. I am so sorry. I'm not going to quote them. <laughs> I'm not going to give you the exact Bible verse, but I believe you will find it in my blog post. I'm trying to find it here. I can't find it. So, but I know it just in its general way, in the sense that there's a key Bible verse that says that, uh, for some of you being lovers of money will stab yourselves in the heart, you know, and there was another like translation that says, will stab yourself a thousand times in the heart or stab yourself tenfold in the heart. And to me, that's actually very key. And it's become a very crucial in terms of, um, trying to unpack for my writers. I think in this season, I'm seeing a lot of people who want to prefer, who stubbornly are fighting to stay in darkness. <laughs> that's how I kind of view them. And, I understand in a way it's a protective mechanism because you've gone too far in battling life on your own that maybe it will be hard or it's difficult in this season. It's debilitating to um, lean into Christ. How do you lean into Christ when you've been fighting life on your, by yourself? But at the same time, um, let's just move away from that for a moment and then focus on the some of you being lovers of money. I think... Um, that verse to me was very crucial. It was in the Matthews when Jesus was like still walking on the earth. Um, if I'm not mistaken, of course, but it's to me that really stuck out to me. There were two Bible verses that have stuck out to me where I really sat there and was like, what on earth is going on? The first one was in, I don't know, first Kings. Okay. I've forgotten the story, but I just remember it was about a King who had a foot disease and he searched the heavens, he searched the earth. No, he searched the earth far and wide with the vast amounts of his money. He spared lit. He had little concern about how much he spent, right? Being a king, you know, the head of the whole kingdom, you know, or a country. So he spent all this money finding physicians, doctors who could try cure him of his disease. You know, it was so insane. I feel like I was reading the NLT version, the New Living Translation. And it said that he asked everyone, but he did not ask Christ. And so that was just the man he searching and the disease got worse till he eventually died. And he searched the earths. He's found every professional doctor, but he did not ask Christ. And that to me really stuck out to me the first time because I was like, wow, this, I felt for a moment that's the closest I've ever felt the feeling, the pain that God feels, the disappointment that God feels, the the loneliness and the abandonment that God feels when his own creation searching every man, you know, some men, you know, rely on the chariots of horses, some men rely on men, but who's going to turn to God? You know, that verse, you know, like where it says, but the verse says like, you know, men turn, will you know, men rely on chariots, men rely on men, um, but we will look to God. So to me, I was like, that guy did not look to God because how on earth are you like at the top of, you're at the top of, you know, your kingdom, a very high authority, the highest of authorities, and you did not turn to Christ. So that, that to me was like, 
self-will is so crucial. Memorable messages are so crucial because how do they interact? You have to understand that you, at the end of the day, God has not made any one of us puppets. So your choice in battling life on your own, living in darkness, as opposed to seeking the light, which is Jesus Christ, your King, um, how do you then... Um, there's so many things that you could have, that could have been avoided if only he had just turned to Christ. So that one really stuck out to me. The second one was this one. Some of you who are lovers of money, stab yourselves in your heart. So that means that it is not Christ who stabbed you. It is not the devil who stabbed you. It is an individual action, an individual act to seek out heartbreaking situations. So that again, just emphasizes sometimes battling, choosing to battle on your own, uh, refusing to step back or without acknowledging that, you know what, we have idols and these idols are leading me to a very debilitating lifestyle, a dreadful lifestyle, a resentful competitive lifestyle. I even wrote about that. Some of you, you know, cause coming across it as well, myself having friends who encourage competitiveness, bitterness, and unforgiveness. I just cannot be friends with those kind of individuals, but we're not going to go in there because we're not here for that. Okay, child, we're going to do another episode on that one so I can unpack it properly for you. But I've done a whole series on that one, just like, you know, different types of friends that I've um, come across who I don't feel that are great for your personal life journey and for your godly life journey. Um, but anyway, so those are that, that, that self, you know, the first step I believe is taking, you know, no understanding and knowing yourself. So one thing I definitely, again, want to correct myself with, I did at the moment I was like, you know, unbelievers are intrinsically, you know, innocent, you know, because it's like a new child, but I do understand why they actually make you you know, ask for forgiveness when you are seeking Christ to enter into your life and, and be the full and sole authority in your life and discarding all, uh, um, idols because of the fact that you don't know what you've been, there's no telling what idols and trophies you have. And so when you forsake the idols, the former idols and trophies in your life and take Christ as the sole authority in your life, you are exactly essentially acknowledging that you don't want to be that king who searched the whole earth's, um, for every excellent, every highly esteemed individual, and yet did not ask Christ, did not persevere, did not, um, come down to the throne of Christ, humble himself and, and pray to God and repent and say, Lord, I have this issue over here. You know what I mean? And yet we have so many, um, I love the contrasting with the Old Testament sometimes with the New Testament because the Old Testament, there's some crazy ass people in there. Okay, child, we don't know what they're doing, but they are out here wild and out. And then you contrast that with people who are being delivered by Christ, you know, uh, than people who refuse God. So I kind of like that because it, it really shows that there is that individual decision and God is not going to make a puppet out of anyone. I have a blog post about that because I was, I've been coming across a lot of people who somehow act as though God needs to make a puppet out of everyone. And it's like, no, 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 there's nothing like that. Okay. When I act selfishly, that is me acting outside of Christ. When I mirror, when I mirror Christ and whatever behavior that it is in terms of forgiving again, um, even when circumstances of the situation were just not a forgivable situation, that is then me mirroring Christ. That is me reflecting and showing the Holy Spirit working within me to purify me and transform me. That is showing Jehovah Rapha or, you know, the the most high God working his 
kingdom within me and, you know, taking out everything that is ill and deceitful and putting in more of himself. You know what I mean? So that is that has comes an individual choice that there has a point where you have to seek out and surrender those things. You can't just surrender those things. You, he won't make you a puppet to get rid of those things. Those things have to come from yourself. So I really loved those two contrasting things because I think it's important. We can't keep talking about affirmations. We can't keep talking about false religious practices and then st still think that Christians are yippity you. What did they call them when I was young? They were like happy clappy. There's nothing like that. You know what I mean? Everybody has a choice uh, when it comes to who they submit their lives to. If you don't submit your life to Christ, you are going to submit your life and trust in humans. If you don't submit your life to Christ, you are going to submit your life to idols and trophies. We all have a type of God. So it's whether you want to choose a man-made God, an imaginary, um, in your head, an idea, expectation God or you want to submit your, and surrender your life to the most high God, which is the most fulfilling and most rewarding thing that you could ever do in your whole entire life. And so part of that, um, was just part four, part five, part four and part three, sorry, is just unpacking intrinsically, you know, so many conversations that we have from an idolizing life, memorable messages, and just how to pursue healing by taking on a slow life. So I'm just going to just and by just like, um, you know, just briefly describing a slow intentional life, I have a, a couple of a blog posts on that one, but a small, a slow and intentional life is not moving according to the, the societal ideas and beliefs. And then again, that can only happen if you are going to take a, an inventory check into your life about what are the key memorable messages that I'm constantly hearing. And it has to be with everything. It has to be relationships. It has to be with um, your career plan. It has to be with finances. It has to be how you're provided for. It has to be with the reality of where do I live? You know, sometimes we have to have that reality where, you know, in one city, it's the opportunity might seem slim, but it is very peaceful. Where's the other city? It's like bright and vibrant and it looks prosperous, but there's increased <laughs> crime rate. So um, maybe your idea of what would fulfill your life, what is fulfilling your life would not, it's not exactly what it, what you, what you're chasing after thinking it will fulfill you won't fulfill you at the end only because idols are unattainable things. They are a facade. They are the oasis or a mirage. The moment you reach to it or get to it, it disappears. And then you're back to you know, clawing and scratching and, you know, biting your way through, biting everyone to get to it. And so in those ways, by moving slowly and unpacking and getting that, taking that time to get to know yourself, you are essentially trying to move away from many idolizing messages, uh, idolizing words, idolizing thoughts, idolizing symbols um, that can interfere and deter you from leaning into Christ. The more that I did that, obviously, okay, the last, this, the four years, it was easier because I felt as though God, God was really guiding me in a way, even though I, there were some seasons where I did fall into the temptation of the devil. But then in that season, I got to learn, okay, it's easy for my heart to lie to me. Your heart lies. Okay. And when your heart lies, the devil knows you so intrinsically well when it comes to the lying and the deceitful part. So I really intrinsically understand those verses 
all those quotes where they say that devil calls you by your sin, but God calls you by your name. Because I have, there was a lot of spiritual warfare where it was like, you know, the guilt and the shames of a certain past. And yet you have to know you've been sanctified. You've been washed and covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. So what does that mean to cover through that? Then in other seasons, you know, in the silence of his season, um, it really showed that, you know, affirmations go after signs and wonders and feelings and yet christ is actually not a feeling so i just want to end with one of my favorite uh bible verses again <laughs> i'm so sorry i did not have the bible verse but please go and read it it's in the jesus errors of the world i absolutely love it i want to contrast it with this one where you know instead of the man who died because he didn't go to god or the man who um the people who stab themselves in the heart because of their own self-will, again, not surrender. There's no surrendering to God. I really love the story about the centurion. It really just, oh my gosh, you know, like workout pump music. It just feels like there's just pump music just rushing into my veins. And no, it is not a feeling, okay, guys? His thing was not a feeling. His was a testimony of a strong and bold faith. And I absolutely love it. The first time I heard, heard it, every time I hear it, I'm just like, woo, yes, child. I, You know, that's the kind of faith that we all want. Yes, we're all stumbling. And in your stumbling, it just shows that there's God is perfect. You know, um, don't overwork yourself because whatever let his authority let go and let god you know but i love the fact that he said that he said um he ran up to christ his servant was ill or whatever and then you know god was saying okay let me go to the house so i can heal him and he said no christ um you right here if you just say the word i know that he can be healed because i know I'm a, I'm a servant, I'm a centurion myself, and I have people, you know, beneath me. I'm summarizing uh, the story. Please do not take it as the actual Bible verse, okay? It's not a quote, it's a summary. And he says that even me, myself, I have people underneath me. The moment I say go, they will go and do something for me. The moment I say come here, they will come to me. So um, with your just one word, I believe that he, you know, he has healed. And this, it was like, and God was so, you know, like, I, not astonished, but was so happy with this guy's big and bold faith because um, he's not even a Gentile, you know what I'm saying? And yet he's, God, Jesus was going there preaching to the Gentiles and these people still didn't understand, you know, what God is doing, you know, just imagine that is true. The disciples went, were work, walking with God and yet were still asking so many questions. Uh, they watched God feed 5,000 and still asked him again if there would still be enough. The second time he had to feed more, you know, 7,000 or whatever the case is. And so, you know, finally coming across somebody who has bold faith that, no, I believe you can speak it here. You know, my house is probably not worthy for you to enter, but I believe your word spoken here it will be fulfilled. My servant will be fine. And so that was a very powerful verse for me. I absolutely love it because that's essentially what the Christ, the Christian life is. It's, um, yes, in your, in your prayers and your leading your Christian life and, you know, seeking God to, you know, help you through your trials, help you through provision. Um, there is a point where we have to just recognize that, the faith is not a feeling. It's not little mystical, um, you know, signs. Um, not like affirmations say it. Um, or the way it's done with affirmations, the murmuring of words is absolutely against the Bible. That's already in Matthews and how to pray. Um, 
And yet affirmations, people are out here busy murmuring words from sunrise to sunset and it's just not okay. Or three times a day, you know, let me be specific. You know, some people um, could murmur them like three times a day. And yet that's just not the Christian life. We have a, a certain way for his kingdom practices. And one of those ones are the testing of your faith, the purifying of your faith and the molding of your faith. So God, again, I believe it's a very intrinsic It's very important for me to emphasize that God has the authority as, you know, the the ruler of heaven and earth, the creator of heaven and earth. He has the right to, he reserves the right to mold you and to purify and to test you through whatever circumstances or what is that you're going through so that you come out fully and complete, purified and molded by him. And so um, in those ways, again, I feel I felt as though the reason that led me to part four and part three is because people's, you know, it's dangerous to your life plans, it's dangerous to your goals, and it's also dangerous to your relationship with Christ because of the increased lies and deceptions that you come across when you do false religious practices. So yeah, please go again and read that um, Bible verse. Uh, I mean, read the part three part four and I do 100% because I love those Bible verses. I have them written in there. Okay. And quoted. I am so sorry. I did not fetch them today, but please do. You can Google this child. We're not supposed to add or subtract things from the Bible. So I just pray to Jesus that this is something that, you know, can be some, can be fruitful to you and can also help you understand intrinsically, you know, why affirmations are stealing your life, um, relationship with Christ, how they're stealing your life goals and your life plans and why it's so important to fight against the spirit of deception, fight against the spirit of lies, um, and not be bound and chained, you know, in things that in spiritual things that you would did not intend on going into. And yet we have a Christ who has given you, authority through your self-will to choose him. And I believe choosing God is the most formidable thing you could ever do in your whole entire life. And so again, we're here because we love to live a life of breakthroughs. Again, a life of breakthroughs. My Bible study says, okay, that Jesus walked the earth 40 years. I don't know, child, but, but I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to keep using that word. I will correct myself if it is strong, but Jesus walked the earth on earth. And a breakthrough is not a one-day event. As we saw in the Bible, God was breaking chains, emotional, spiritual, and physical illnesses that were on this earth. That's how he came as the king of glory to just purify this earth and cleanse us individually so that we one day could mirror him. And so just in your life, and living a life of breakthroughs is not a one-day event where it's bam, everything has been sorted. And yet, instead, it is a day moment by moment of growth opportunities that untangle spiritual and emotional, you know, things in your life so that you can be set free and live a formidable and godly life. So that's what we're all here about. And essentially why we are also talking about false religious practices, especially in my area. I think because I went so densely in part three, um, I have to again emphasize that I'm in a pagan <laughs> area where it's so engrossly um, and egregiously emphasized. And so it's so important in such a space where you are bombarded by it every day to be speaking about these things. And, you know, 
speaking against them so that people will not be lost and led astray by something by John 10, 10, you know, we all want to experience the good shepherd. We all want to experience the most high God living in his glory is the first and the best thing that you could ever do submitting your lives to his authority. And so the best way to do that is by understanding your idols, getting to know your idols. I think when I started my prayer, just to emphasize, finally, I, there was a want that I needed. There was a want that I desired, let me say, not needed. And um, the best thing that I could have ever gone through was experiencing God shifting and taking away those idols. And also then for me to then realize, you know what, the only way I will succeed and survive in this journey is if I also take the initiative, the self-will, the self-step, the first step that is not puppeted by God to understand what idols I have, you know, what is incorrect. And it's so great when you do that, the willingness to want to engage with um, the, these memorable messages that you have so that they can be, you know, set again, you know, purified and removed and understand in, great, in a greater level what God is then doing in your life. In that moment, okay, step by step, not the whole plane. Let's just be honest. Like I said in the beginning, Jesus does not update his marketing plan. I'm just saying, I'm just saying campaigns for god <laughs> they could be five years ten years okay child so don't come for me okay i already know that god speaks once and if he has spoken that's the word that you have to you set your posture onto again as i've emphasized in part two and three and all the other parts when that takes place stay on course and study those messages study the voice study the commands that have been given to you because that will help you in your path and in your journey to living your life of breakthroughs thank you so much again for listening this was just a summary of part three and four please go and read about it because it is densely nuanced so i would appreciate for you guys to read it if you would want me to go into memorable messages completely and just stay on that topic please let me know or if there's anything that you found interesting in the text in the blog post let me know so that i can also share them with you and unpack those um topics idols trophies having idolizing friends has already been written but if there's anything that you want me to do let me know and i will definitely do it for you guys again thank you so much again my name is zituzwana you will listen to growth opportunities right here I'm Black Couture Health and Wellness Lifestyle. Live a life of breakthroughs.